So how yeah, often yeah. is somebody like, whoa, like just confused by that and I taking mean, every day for sure? Yeah. Yeah. We are here live in Opelika, Alabama with David Bazilia of Sidetrack Coffee. Yes, Let's are, give it David. up. Let's give it up. We're here in this lovely back room. Uh, so if it sounds or looks different, it is both different in, in every single way. Sound and look. We set up in what? Like we unloaded your car and set up in it's a truck. 35 minutes. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. We might have like a business we could do. A load in like, crew. Like set up your own podcast breakdown. For those of you who don't know, um, David has was on the podcast uh, probably around a year ago. Is that probably, right? Probably two. Maybe two uh, back in the day when we were recording in a different room. And we're definitely in a different room today, boys. Am I right? Like it or Our not. fourth room. We've um, have we ever taken the, the program on the road? I don't, no. I'm not sure we have. So welcome Congrats. to the inaugural uh, roadcast. Rough. Yeah. Put her there, bub. Uh, David, how you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling spunky. Um, yeah, that's the only word I could use. Good slash spunky. Energy has good. been high. Feeling good. Hope you trust me with saying good. Which one of us was the first uh, Valor co-owner to come to Sidetrack? Me. What was your experience like? Well, I came to Sidetrack when they were not in this space Are as well. Back when uh, did. Buddy. Buddy. Yeah, Buddy served me. Yeah. So where was it at? Was it close to here? A couple doors down. A couple doors down. Right? Okay. That way? Um, a door. One. One door down. That one? That way? That way. Yeah. Mine. I was running late, like after close. I was on my way to the, to the beach, as we do. After close, where? You go to the beach a lot. No, I don't, David. <laughs> I got to mean like once a year. I love dude. how that's a dig. Like once every other year. <laughs> no, okay. let, me, let me do me, Wait. okay? And we were on the way down, and it was post-close, but I had received Buddy's number from Dale, I think. And Dale used to roast coffee for us at Valor. Yeah, and this was way before that. This was before Valor existed. Is that right? Yeah. Where were you working? I don't know. You said after close. So I really no, it was after sidetrack had closed. Oh, you were running and, late. Yeah, okay. and buddy, buddy stayed open so I could have some coffee. He was trying to get there, but he was running late, so they closed. Do you I understand? Texted buddy. So what is sidetrack? <laughs> but then I also. I? But then I guilty also came to the sidetrack before you guys did. Yeah. But it's okay because you're going to the beach, probably. <laughs> David rests his case. Yeah. Okay. Last I'm not time going I to the beach Riley. today, though. Yeah. Last time I saw Riley, he was going down the beach. It's true. <laughs> David, it's true. I remember the first time. <laughs> the, <recent> pattern, so. <laughs> the first time I came here, immediately when you walk in, it's just magic. Like, obviously, the, the, the space itself is so magical, but every detail about it feeds into how the space looks. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you really embraced the space that you are leasing or whatever. Um, and the skylight, obviously. It's like, it's the first thing that people notice. And I know that sidetrack means a lot more than just the space in your end, but I feel like the space really shapes the, what I perceive sidetrack mm -hmm. as. Um, and Ethan, on the program before, yeah. we all went, went around and said, 
our favorite coffee shop ever. And which one did you say, buddy, out of all the remember. shops you've been to? You're such a coffee lover and a traveler. Know. I think I said Starbucks Reserve, Seattle. Uh, I'm kidding. It was my favorite coffee shop. Guilty. All right. You I'm are in your favorite coffee shop in the world right now. Yes. That's in the correct. back of it. Oh, yeah, in the back in, of it. We're in the warehouse. In the bowels of it. Yeah. <laughs> and you, you usually have like a, an art situation going on back here. Mm-hmm. So what, what's that? What's that all about? Um, like if in you could space. define art. <laughs> so let's start. Let's define terms first. Yeah. What is art? Yeah, we could do a whole sermon on that. Uh, yeah. We normally do exhibits back here, like a gallery back here. Braille just did one, um, which did y'all come to that? Were y'all here? I think a lot of Valor people. That's right. Um, okay. But I don't that was fun. That was really fun. Lilla B was here, Zion. Um, that was really, that was really do it, dad. Is dad. it your dad? <laughs> Don't do it. Don't even think about it. We're in kind of like a, an open room, so some people might come. <laughs> Is that your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. No, no, no. You want to get on the program? <laughs> oh, there he goes. Best opportunity. Oh, dad. Oh, dad. Oh. I didn't say it like that, but. <laughs> God, God, I, I do remember whenever, I remember watching Iron Man. And I had, we had, me and my brothers and our friends over. Iron Man 1. Do you remember the opening scene? Not PG. Oh, oh, that, yes. Oh my gosh. And it's like, it's like before the foundations of the earth were set, your dad is going to walk in at the worst possible. (laughs) There's one fact of life. And it's like, we just started the movie and my dad's head just goes. (laughs) (laughs) What are y'all watching? (laughs) It's just a weird movie. <laughs> okay, dude. Ethan just... We, three years later, we finished Iron Man. Um, so, um, oh yeah, what were we... The beach? Art. No, <laughs> art. You were <laughs> defining art. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Brielle had a show back here last, last semester. I think we worked semesters here at the schools. Um, college. Main different graphic. Um, kidding. Um, yeah, dude, that was like, that was, um, it's a really cool contrast to have this space. Um, and like the kind of the boisterous, loud cafe space from time to time. Um, but yeah, we, Braille took her show down. She, uh, I think she's moving to Maine, um, in end of March, which is going to be really, really sad. She's a big part of our community here. Mm. Um, like we talked about a little bit, like when I think about sidetrack, you see people's faces and that was a big, big face here. So, but she did a show uh, back here and really like helped define the space back here. I have another friend, Henry, who's a big part of our community too. Um, he's kind of the director back here and we're looking for, um, looking for someone to fill these walls that is then there's been a lot of people that have inquired, Mm -hmm. but, um, we kind of look out for, we kind of look out for, um, something that will, we'd rather have the place like empty and just filled with people than like full of art that doesn't super align, which is like, I guess to define the terms what is art kind of thing and what is us, you know, like, um, I think we all make the call in our own homes, like what goes on the walls and what doesn't and why. So, um, 
yeah, that's a little mm. long-winded answer, but I like this space back here. So just to, to zoom out a little bit, um, we talked about how the first time Riley came to sidetrack, I was not in this space. You were not there. When can you, I don't even know what your story is in relation to sidetrack, but did you start sidetrack? Did you get involved with sidetrack? Yeah. Like what, what was that progression like? Oh, the beginning, I love looking back into the how it got started. I was working at a cafe in Opelika, and it's kind of a weird, crazy story. I was working a shift one day, and my manager came up and said, hey, this is our last week here. Holy crap. And it wasn't even like doing the business. wasn't. It was actually amazing. That's why it was so crazy why they were shutting down. And we're like, oh, that's that's weird, cool. So we worked, we finished that last week out, and um, that was in March of 2016. Um, and I was like not in school at the time. After that place closed, I was just hanging out. There was a roastery in town called Prevail that I would like come and shadow at and just help out, fill up, like package, fill bags, and fulfill orders and things like that. Um, uh, but that was like all I was doing after that. I didn't even look for other jobs afterwards. I just was hanging out. Um, and I got a call one day from Wade, the owner of Prevail. He's like, hey, what do you think about opening up uh, like a coffee spot for a few months? Um, and I was like, yeah, sure. Don't have anything else going on. And so um, I was then got paired up with Buddy. Um, I think Buddy was taking the semester off um, from school and the summer off from school. And uh, yeah, our plans was just to do it for a few months. Um, and we come up, we were coming up with ideas. How could we make it? How do we want to serve people? How do, we, um, how do we serve people in our own lives? I was just, I was excited to just do it, like keep on serving coffee and be able to make, um, like make decisions because at the end of my, at the end of the time at the coffee shop before, I had like felt a really like strong sense of ownership of like, I remember sitting down with my manager and just feeling like really, really passionate about connecting with like, and because I'm from here, like this is where I was born and everyone that came in the space, I was like getting to know. And my manager was not from here and was making very, very, um, much I'm not from here decisions. Uh, And I, it took me a long time to look back even before that shop and the two, the way I was in high school and the way I was in middle school and with my family dynamics, like all the preparation that was going on into my thoughts and my heart. And then when we got to sidetrack, like all that had culminated to what you were able to experience. And, And that was just a small, like little tiny, um, like just the beginning of it. Um, and I only thought I was going to do it for a few months, but it felt really, really special. And yeah, we just opened up in that little tiny space. I remember there was about, there was about 20 or so friends helping us set up. We set up from the, the, the day that we got the keys. Um, it was three days until we opened to the space. <laughs> wow. So that's we brought a, that's in a world record, a GS3, white buckets of paint. Um, I remember Antonio, a guy named Vega, put up this wall that made the space smaller. 
And then we, me and all my buddies, like painted all the walls white, moved in some tables, installed this shelving thing on the back, you know, the painted thing that was already in that space. We just used a bunch of furniture that was already in. It was dilapidated. It was hilarious. We brought in like the flow jet because we had no plumbing. Like power was hilarious and scary. Um, but it was like, I mean, it was like, man, looking back, I wish I could like, uh, like some days I'm like, man, I want to do that again. Like try that out again. So, yeah. um, yeah, that was, that was a blast. I think the main reason I came by is because my interest was piqued by you guys being a temporary setup because we were talking about starting a cart. So yeah. I like, I remember I got to like walk behind the bar and look at the flow jet and stuff before we had yeah. any gear. And Whoa. it helped us. And so, I remember you were talking about how they had a GS3. Yeah. And we were like deciding what machine to get. Yep. So there weren't many options back then. Yeah. As far as single group machines. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> you were inspiring us all the way back then. You all started that same, almost exact same time. I think we, I met them March 2016. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy? And that's kind of right, right around when we were talking about like, you know, we're working this coffee job at this deli that had an espresso machine in it and they weren't taking their coffee as seriously as we were about coffee. Mm. And we're like, we'll start our own thing. You know, like we're either going to go get a job in the city where real specialty coffee is or like start our own thing. And right around that time was when we met Ethan. So did pay what you want stem out of not having a permit for that space and then kind of just stuck around? Yeah. We, we, when we did get a permit, we were, because it was just be, supposed to be temporary. So we couldn't, we didn't want to go through all the paperwork. And when we did get a permit, it was like, we had spent some time doing the pay what you want thing. And we found our, I think we talked about this a little bit, but sometimes some reasoning comes afterwards. The values came comes afterwards mm-hmm. You're like we're just making this work and then the making it work is like wait a minute this is this is who wait we found some things mm-hmm. and so when we were like we should have set prices because that would make you know making decisions a lot easier um uh it actually was it's a really easy decision to stay stay with it um do you ever compare the numbers to if you had fixed prices and no not me mm. you banker <laughs> <laughs> your finance team dude quickly it's just funny the hearsay of things like i never knew the origin of sidetrack which is funny i just i never worked up the courage to ask you but my yeah. understanding was like it was a school project that turned business that's just incorrect is there it's any a, any truth to that i mean it sounds like it's a prevail it was like prevail trying something and that turned into like a separate business, right? Um, That'd be the most easy way to sum it up. Maybe. I think this is the, I think the truth to it is that Wade got me that job at that shop and felt bad that he had t- taken me from another job, gave me that coffee shop job, oh. and then it closed pretty soon after its conception. And, um, then I was like out of a job. I think he felt bad because I was hanging around the roastery, like no job. Kicking a can. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, man, we got to, 
give, we got to like get this guy to do something. There was, Oplug was a ghost town, mm-hmm. like down here. Yeah. It was more tumbleweeds than people with hearts in them. Like it was just, it was, there needs to be young, there's no young people down here at all. I was the youngest person that lived here in town eight years ago. Like it was besides high school. No kids? No kids. It was like chitty chitty bang bang. Um, yeah, I know. It's just no young people down here. Um, not ma- many businesses, like not much going on down here at all. Um, and so when Wade and the building owner, John as well, like thought of the idea, like we, we should let David do a little shop for a little bit. Yeah. Just to see how that works. Um, I was under the impression it was going to be like for a few months. So all the equipment was borrowed. Everything was just borrowed. I just showed up. I bought, I had enough money in my bank account to buy white paint and a little tea order and a little coffee order and some milk. Yeah. And that was pretty much it. And, uh, and the five gallon bucket of water. How oh. much you got in your bank account now? <laughs> That's a question for the banker. Like three, four. So we'll then, talk to Mark. What happens next? So it runs three or four. <laughs> it runs for a few months, and then it's just you. Is it and Buddy? Yeah. And so Buddy went back to school. Buddy comes into Valor Alpharetta. Hey, Buddy, if you're listening. Um. Aww. Hey, Buddy. I miss you, Buddy. Um, Buddy. Um, Buddy. Man. So yeah, it kind of was like an ambiguous kind of. What are we? What's going on here? DTR. I'm still pretty much. I'm still buddy. was like, all right, see ya. And I just kept showing up. I kept on like, I would just come in to work the next day and then the next day and the next day and the next day. And, um, six days a week, six days a week, five. This was seven. Yeah. (laughs) My boy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bro. So I'd work, I'd get there at, I'd go to the store, get some milk, because we only had one fridge. So we'd restock the fridge mm. every day. Um, some days we just run out. You know, at the end of the day, we just run out of stuff. And I'd tell people, like, sorry, like, we're out <laughs> of crap. <laughs> you know? Would you like a No special? idea. I have no business, like, still don't have any sort of business, like, thinking patterns at all. So I'm like, I'm going to fill the fridges. I'm going to show up. I'm going to make people coffee. I'm going to go home after that and then do it again the next day. And I would go to the store. I'd get a five-gallon bucket the, the, that you could fill up outside of a Kroger. Oh, yeah. And then... More familiar. In there. We were doing it at I Publix, though. Yeah, it's a little different. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, yeah. your budget was huge. <laughs> um, yeah, I did that. I did that for, for about six months. Do you remember the first time you paid yourself from your own company? I don't know. No. <laughs> I, don't. I, I don't either. I don't. I really I don't. don't. I don't know. Remember what it was like, dude. I think for us, we had done so many events, having never taken a single cent. And at one point, we were like, maybe particularly overworked. And this still happens to this day, honestly. Sometimes, <laughs> but we're like, you know, after an event, we're like, you know, um, what if we drop? What out if of the we bank? kind of uh, <laughs> like took fifty dollars for this event that we <laughs> hey. just did? And, and you felt a little guilty absolutely yeah like the first time i think it was you that said that and uh you money hungry um (laughs) embodiment embodiment greed uh yeah anyways so i remember hearing that and being like whoa like whoa that's that's a really wild thought 
like to take money from our company. You said something uh, that we have talked about before on the program and people that are starting businesses that like reach out to us through the podcast. They're very, they're very intentional people and they care a lot about what they're doing and they're, you know, they're putting their name on the business that they're starting and they want to get it right and they want to be thoughtful and like not just be like everybody else, you know? And part of that is I think people can often feel like they have to have it all figured out before they start something and they have to like build out their five-year plan or their mission, vision, and values and all that kind of stuff before they can do anything. And that you're the opposite of that, you know, like you just, something fell into your lap. It was a very temporary thing, but you just kept showing up and doing it, you know? And you said something in there that was like, we were presented with a problem. We're presented with a, a, a tiny cafe. And the only way you figure out who you will become one day is just by showing up every day and doing it. And then, you know, we were talking at lunch about how like, who you are personally as the business owner just kind of bleeds into your business, especially if you're the one behind the bar every day Mm -hmm. and that's for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. Like if, if you have an anxious presence, like that cafe is probably going to feel anxious, but if you, and I know you guys talked about this in the last cafe, but if you love hosting people in the last cafe, the last podcast, uh, if you love hosting people in your home, uh, then you will likely be an awesome, hospitable host or manager or barista in your cafe. Mm-hmm. So when you look back to that season of just starting out, you know, uh, being behind the bar alone or with Buddy or whatever, it looked like, what were some of the most like early nuggets that you kind of still hold on to today that like define sidetrack, you know, like those things that you did figure out along the way that are like still with you today. Yeah. I think, I think you kind of, kind of touch, I kind of said it. Um, I was, sometimes I forget it very often. Like, do you like, do you ever feel like there's a secret out there? Like someone who's successful or is doing something like people probably look at, y'all three and go, man, what's their secret? Like, what do they have that I need? I need to. And so they kind of, people rigorously search for what's the secret? Like, what's the secret? What do they, what do they have that makes them successful or like gotten to the point that they're at? And it's, for me, it's like really, really hard to like find like those like big aha moments or the secret or what it was. But I mean, it's a lifetime. It's like a, just a lifetime of choices. I have a choice to say yes and show up. Um, I know that sometimes it sounds frustratingly simple. So I just like can, I just kept on going to the store and buying milk and <laughs> yeah. going to the store and uh, being here. I still do it. I'm still doing it and still very much, uh, still very much enjoy it because it's, really who I am and what I want to do for the rest of my life. And I know that with just absolute clarity. Um, and, um, one thing that I know is dangerous and has taken me to the edge of like wanting to, to give up, um, is sometimes I'll paint like a narrative, 
in my mind of what things were supposed to look like, mm. um, which is kind of where the secret thing comes into play. Like mm. the narrative is there's a secret. And I don't have the secret until I get that secret. I'm going to never figure this thing out or I can't start the cafe or I can't be a musician or I can't quit my job to do something that my heart's really telling me because I don't have that secret yet. You know, remember I called, we talked on the phone a few, not too long ago. Remember? Dude. Wasn't that great? Yeah. Um, I had a friend um, who gave me this great idea. Um, we were sitting together and he was on the phone for like hours. I'm like, man, you sure are on the phone a lot. And, and he, I was like, why are you on the phone so much? And he was like, well, I made a list of a hundred people that are like the most successful in the industry that I want to go into. And I sent them all an email or a call and said, will you talk to me for 30 minutes or an hour? And I want to learn from you and ask you questions. And he said, he's, I think he's completed that list of a hundred people. Wow. And he told me about the secret thing. He said, I, he said, I started realizing that I was searching for the secret from all of them and none of them had a secret to tell. Mm. And it was like really like shook me. And he was one of the people on my list. You were one of the people on my list because I made the list of a hundred people. I was like, I got to call Ethan. He's on my list. And then I talked to him too. I was like, well, since you told me about the list, you're going to be on the list. And when we met, he told me that I found, I found no secret, but I did find that all these people committed to what they were doing. And it was actually really in their hearts, what they're pursuing. Mm. And that was like, just like, do y'all know Wendell Berry? Y'all listen to Wendell Berry? Read. Uh, he, I listened to this. Um, I know this is a long answer, but this, no, this, one, awesome. this, this one really like gives me like so much clarity what I'm saying and helped me confirm uh, this. But he was talking to, he did a lecture on agriculture and farming. And uh, for a whole hour, he talked about marriage and nothing about farming. And that was it. And, you know, I've never been married before, but I have a lot of inspiring, creative, art-filled, um, world-changing, life-saving marriages around me. And the one thing they all have in common was saying yes to each other every single day. And um, the people that I get most inspired by, that inspire me in my work, especially here, like are people and they're people that say yes every single day. Um, and that's just, that's like the most inspiring creative thing ever is just to say yes another day. Um, uh, yeah, Rick. Jeez. <laughs> that is so good, man. Oof. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the reason people want a secret is because they can skip all of the things that aren't supposed to work and just do the thing that does work and then it won't take as long, you know? But like the cool thing about starting a business or marrying someone or having a friendship is like, it's the most cliche thing ever, but the journey is the destination. And I remember, uh, one little, uh, one thing that Chris Baca said of cat and cloud coffee, he was talking about his, uh, the orientation that they do for new hires. And he was like, I could just send this orientation out to all of you and you guys could copy it. And you, you know, it would be a good orientation and you could use it and it would ha produce maybe some good results. But I'm not going to do that because it's in the making of the orientation that you figure out what matters to you. And I think it's similar with like, uh, 
I love, I love that answer of like the way that I figured out who sidetrack is today is by just the days passing of like it forming into what it is today. Mm -hmm. And my question around that is like for you as the leader of this business, you know, that's good that you know what sidetrack is and that's good that you live what sidetrack is and, and you host in this space. But how do you translate the ethos, the culture of sidetrack to your employees? Yeah. You know, um, and you know, like I know for us, we're really big on the structure of our culture, like the framework of what it is that we want Valor to be. And then for us, that's our mission, vision and values. Mm -hmm. And we, we try to not only live that, but like we have words and all this structure that we try to help people digest. Um, what, what would be your version of that? Like how you translate what sidetrack has become, especially to new hires. Cause I know you guys just went through some turnover yeah. um, and transition with a team that had been there for a long time. Um, and then bringing on how many more new people have you brought on in the last little bit? Four. Yeah. So just in that new season, mm -hmm. how has that been trying to like explain to these people what sidetrack is? Yeah. Like that makes my heart really happy because I'm, being able to see it again, again, in real time, like myself developing and others developing alongside me. Um, for me, like the mission, vis vision, values, uh, I think walks with me and I'm here pretty much every day yeah. um, because I want to. And spending y'all, y'all, we, we talk a lot about I guess us as leaders is caught, not taught and, um, or better caught than taught. Um, but being, being here and being here in proximity has been really, really, really important. And, um, but the beginning of all, most of these relationships that I've had with the staff and with our community is me, like me, myself is so important to be here and, and people to, pick up on what the culture is like, but I've seen now, and this is maybe a one-off, but I've seen now that our community itself, the people that are in here every single day help me. Like there has been our uh, customers, our guests have bought in to like most, like most of the people in there, even when y'all are in there have been coming here for like five, six years. Some of them since the very, very beginning. And they bought in to the mission, uh, the mission and the vision, the values. And uh, they have so many times um, helped, like helped redirect, recenter, guide, encourage, uplift us. And I think that would really, that to me paints a beautiful picture for, for sharing with others. Um, like, are you doing something that you share like you want your staff to do and that's it? Or do you want it to like radiate, radiate to where the people that are actually in that community that are showing up too, they're saying yes, just as much as we're saying yes. Mm -hmm. And is their yes the same one or is it just a consumer? I'm gonna get a drink and get out of there. Mm -hmm. When you start having people that buy into the space with their hearts, it, it kind of feels like regenerative. Like I don't have to be there, be here every single day, which is true but now I'm just attracted to this space and I want to, and sometimes I come here to get fed just like they do. Um, and I see our, our 
the people, my coworkers, like I get to see them like last Wednesday, such a tough day. I had such a tough day. It just felt like everything was like, everything was kind of nitpicky and like, like I was just getting annoyed at like, why is this breaking too? Um, and then I had my team pick me up and, uh, it was cool. It was so cool to like be, feel low. Um, I know that's like, sounds weird, but it felt good to, to be low and be lifted up yeah. by my team. Cause you know, it's not all on your back, yes. especially at that point. And the lower, oh my gosh, it felt so good. <laughs> and, uh, and then also like the people sitting in the chairs drinking, drinking a drip were also like carrying, carrying me too. Mm. So right now for me, it's just, it's just being it myself. Cause sometimes I wish it would be so much easier. I like some envy y'all sometimes. Cause I'm like, man, I wish I could just have it, you know, really big words painted on the, like painted on the wall that had our mission, our values and be like, guys right here, like you got to do this thing. You're not doing that. Um, but being here every single day, not every single day, being here often and like being intentional with our lives outside too. Cause we spend so much time with each other outside of work mm. too, which has kind of been a common thread, um, which is really, really cool. Um, so maybe it's, that's just a one-off with me, mm. but um, yeah, cause I want the secret so bad. <laughs> I'm, I still, even though I'm mm. speaking it, I'm like, I want the, what is the, the cookie cutter? Like I want it. I'm thinking that way. Like what's the jig? What's the tool that's going to get this to me the fastest without the problems. But right now it's, Right now, it's just showing up still. I think I'll do that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. What, what you said about um, you're, you're just leading by example, you know, and to be able to do that, you do have to be here mm-hmm. almost all the time. And like we talk a lot, like last episode, as we were talking about at lunch, like we, we talked about the different ways you can structure your coffee shop, you know, the leaders in it. And we've chosen a route where we've changed our minds over the years on how many locations we want to open. There's been times where it's like, ah, just one, but most of the time it's been like, let's open multiple. And right now we're kind of like, let's stay at two for the foreseeable future. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. But because we've wanted to have multiple locations for most of our existence as a business, we've structured our leadership in those cafes to, to suit that and to be able to have the structure needed to have a, a multi campus company, you know? Um, but, and, and our, our whole point with having GMs or we call them head coaches in our cafes is like, we want them to be the use yes. of yes. each cafe. Um, and we've seen that happen, you know, mm-hmm. like each each head coach that we have in our cafes, we were talking about earlier, it kind of feels like them, that location does. And so like the people that you put in leadership, whether that's someone else or whether that's yourself, like will define the culture of that place for better or for worse, you know? Yeah, no, completely agree. Yeah. I want to go back to, uh, the, the transaction style that you guys have here where, uh, in case you didn't catch it earlier, customers or guests, they walk up and they type in the amount of money that they would like to pay for the drink. Yeah. 
Um, I just have some more technical questions about that because that's a really unique thing. And uh, my question is when there's, it's a first time guest, they come in that I've never been here before and they have no idea that it's pay what you want. What does that interaction usually look like? Do you, do you give them like, Hey, this is how it works here, blah, 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 you know, like, yeah. How does that look? It looks different from, it looks, there's a lot of different types of people and a lot of different types of inner like responses. Normally we can discern who a first timer is. We talk a lot about discernment, you know, cause I wish we had again, I wish we just had, this is how we do things, but a lot of discernment. If they look lost, they're, they're a first timer. So we go, you've never been here before, have you? Um, and it's normally, shoot, it's normally, man, it's so different. There's so many different ones, uh, <laughs> different people. What do you do on a Tuesday? On a Tuesday, normally, um, you go, Hey, if you want, here. if you want, you can pay. If not, just press that button that says zero. Um, no, it's normally, it, I mean, it's normally like, Hey, have you ever been here before? And they're like, yeah, I'll be like, all right, cool. And get, and we'll flip it to them and then walk away and get busy or start a conversation. Um, if it's someone that's never been here before, we go, Hey, so you can pay whatever you want. If you want to, here's this, I'm going to start getting to work. You do your thing. All right. And we'll show them how, how it works. Fairly simple. Um, uh, go shh, type in whatever, anything from, you know, zero to like 300,000 um, <laughs> million. million. Yeah. We normally give them, we give them some, you know, some leeway on that. But people usually pay zero to like $15,000. Yes. And, you know, drink. and that's why I'm as successful as I am today. <laughs> That's why you've yet to disclose what's in your bank account. <laughs> so how yeah, often yeah. is somebody like, whoa, like just confused by that and I mean, every day for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so it's, it's, that's awesome. That's an awesome response. Um, yeah. I've, we've loved sometimes, sometimes people get angry. Um, they're like, what? No, just tell me what to pay. And we're like, we're so sorry, but can you just please just do this? <laughs> you know? Doing us a favor. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, it, there's a wider, some people are so overjoyed. Some people are taken over by anger, confusion, frustration. Um, it's not like, it's not the easiest, smoothest thing ever by any means. But again, it's just something we just committed to. And it brings us, brings me like, it brings me so much joy. Like um, people don't believe us, but um People don't believe us, but if you pay zero, it is, it is a joy if someone pays zero dollars. Like, are you telling me that I get to serve you for nothing? Like, that is way, 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 it's so much easier to serve someone that gives you a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like, if someone gave me a million dollars, I'd be like, oh, like, we got to pour him some water and give him a cup of coffee and like <laughs> maybe serve it to him better you Another know it's really <laughs> it's it's we talk about it here a lot and i really wish that we had all the time in the world to talk about this but within our team we've been kind of harping on this, this doesn't sound wild but we're like guys this is coffee this is the lowest stakes you can possibly have <laughs> this is low stakes for us for the people that come in here the almost the lowest of low and so when someone pays zero dollars or someone pays us 
thousand dollars. There's only a, there's a ceiling that we could hit with serving someone so well. And so that ceiling we hit every time, try to hit every time, no matter what someone pays. And it's way more of a joy to serve someone that gives us nothing than it is to serve someone that gives us a lot. You talked about showing up, saying yes, commitment. I would love to hear about your journey of saying no to protect the thing that you are saying yes to. Mm -hmm. Because I think when we're so structured, you know, we like, okay, if we're going to have this mug in this cafe, it needs to be able to be in this cafe as well. And we're going to have this menu item, it needs to be able to be replicated here. And if I can make the drink, I need to make sure there's a recipe so everyone can make it. We're very like uniform, but if you look even at the table, there's a lot of different things like, yeah. but at the same time, a mug that says you're nobody till you've been ignored by, by a, cat, a cat. That's <laughs> so true. <laughs> <laughs> it's so uniquely sidetrack and David. And there's like this atmosphere of optimism and like a welcoming nature. But even when you're talking about this back room, it's like we've had many inquiries, but we're waiting waiting for the right one. So that means you've said no to a lot of people or like even maybe people that have wanted to work here. I'm like, I love this place. I want to work here. And you're like, I love you. No. What's What's your journey been like of protecting by saying no? Oh, my gosh. I think we've talked about that, you know, in other and spaces other spaces before um man uh i will be the i'll just come clean right here i'm probably the 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 biggest yes man on the planet and saying no is like i mean i have two sticky notes on front of my desk that has the n and an o like right there and i just look at it because i need to protect my yeses um the journey's been really hard and like humbling and i've said I can't tell you how many times we're closing up the shop and these people come in with like these big boxes as we're closing up and we're like, Hey, we're here for that engagement party. And I'm like, uh, you're doing what? And you're like, yeah, you told us that we could have our engagement party here. (laughs) And I'm like, yes, (laughs) you know, but I'm like, Oh no. Like, but my niece has a birthday party tonight and Uh, Oh no. Oh my God. Gosh. So you just said no to something else. I just said no to something else. Mm. Darn it. Are you Two serious? Two yeses equaled a no. Yeah. Well, that's the title of this podcast. Yes. Really, I will say right now where I am is just like, there's some, um, uh, I just say no to most things right now. I just say no like to events and- um, We had to ask you like three or four times about this podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and- it's like, hey, like I have a lot of responsibilities now. Um, I'm going to focus on those things until uh, like it's kind of, it feels loose because every day feels wild. Like I don't know what's going to come, what's going to happen. Mm. So, wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've just been saying no a lot so I can be here and be with the team. Like, like until I feel like I have the head coach kind of thing figured out, I say yes to my family um, and yes to here. Um, and my community, it's actually pretty, pretty simple. Uh, I don't know if I have like a strategy or what the journey's been like. I just know that I've said yes to too many things. 
um, that seem good, that seem like a good use of my time. But, um, oh my gosh, I'm just trying to get, it feels like I'm getting more and more, my circle is getting smaller of like what I say yes to mm-hmm. and closer to home. So yeah, I don't know if I have, I don't know if I have an answer other than just like my, I say yes to my roommates, say yes to like, yeah, my team. What, yeah. Uh, yeah. What about within like the operation? Cause one of the sides of this that I was thinking about is like being a leader of a team, you field a lot of ideas yeah. too. Or even like, hey, I brought this mug. Can we serve at it? Can we give drip out of this mug? Yeah. And you're like, yeah, no. Or yes. Oh, yeah. Like, how do you, like, within the aesthetic or the culture of Sidetrack with the people that you've said yes to, they're on your team, but they're, they're also shaping Sidetrack. How do you, or what's your relationship like there? Yeah. Oh, so the, I mean, Mug example, that's what we do at our house. Like our house, when you open our pantry door to our house, it just has a bunch of random assorted mugs. And I just love that. It feels so like, it feels so honest and quaint. And it feels like, man, this is someone's house. They have all the random mugs, you know? And when you go to someone's house and they all have the same mugs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> They're a psychopath. No, it's just like who kind of we are and what I grew up with and just feels honest to me i like the mismatch things but it just kind of happened and now people over the years have like caught on that people just bring random mugs and be like here you go and we're like thank you so much like that really helps we break mugs all the time so mm-hmm. it's just it just yeah it's just kind of who we are outside of the shop and just feels normal so i say yes to like i think our yes to stuff like that like how do we make decisions on like who are we um some people come in and bring like uh, like plants they propagated and stuff like that, you know, like, Hey, we want to add this to your shop. And sometimes those are really touchy situations. Cause we're like, man, we cannot fit that giant teddy bear in here. We don't know where to put it. So, um, yeah, it's discernment. Discernment. I don't know if it's like a, I don't know if we have a crazy, I have a crazy specific answer. I wish I could just bring y'all in to like what the day to day looks like here. It's so wild and so fun. Well, it's just crazy to me that like, I don't know, with this mug, you if you brought this in or someone did. Official drink of the summer. But it's funny that this still feels like sidetrack, even though it was just probably gifted by someone in the community. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's really the main theme of the program thus far is is like, especially contrasting our businesses, scalability is such a huge value for us. Yeah. Like we don't want to do something unless we can replicate it and scale it. We also want it to feel awesome and magical and intentional. Do you feel like you could replicate this? What do you mean? Like, do you replicate, replicate the random mugs in another location? I think about that all the time. Like I wouldn't want to start another cafe unless it had the, the spirit of yeah. this. Well, that's, that's where, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think if you started another cafe, knowing what I know about you, you should, it should be like different name, different vibe. Yes. Completely. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. I true. agree. Agree. Like I, I, I could not see you opening yeah, another sidetrack. Yeah. And I, 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 I really agree. And I think about it often, mm-hmm. um, knowing that I can't be in that space and there would need to be another, David Bazilia or another Mikey, or another Lillaby, that person that fits that head coach, are they able to make decisions 
like those discernment decisions of what fits in there or not. Are y'all making those calls? We struggle with that a good Maybe. bit. Yeah, it's it, and that's that's so much of what like trying to raise up leaders is is like trying to instill the values of the company and what what the what what we were talking about at lunch, like the company being its own thing rather than like us being the company. Mm-hmm. Um, like getting them to think in that framework as like uh, this company is almost like a person beside them, and they want to like do the things that are like best for that uh, person slash company. Mm. And we're always trying to move more and more towards empowerment where we have a leader in place and we trust them uh, to just make decisions as they feel are appropriate. And on paper, the way you do that is by having core values and uh, the people you hire, the people you put into authority already believe and live those values all in a, you know, equal amount and, you know, you got 25% of this value, 25% of this value in your, your, your mind frame and they're making decisions based off of that. Just like if, if the owners were making decisions, but like, that's not how life is. That's not how people are. Yeah. And so, uh, that's that when we first were hiring people and to this day, one of the main thoughts behind hiring is like, we want to hire people who are already living our mission in their lives. We want to hire people who already value what we value. And in the interview process, that's the main thing we're trying to figure out. Does this person value the same things we do? Mm -hmm. Because if they value the same things we do, then we can trust them to make decisions that they feel are appropriate because Mm -hmm. they're just going to make them from our shared values. But you also got to have things like, like a, Riley is our creative director, kind of branding, like visual guy in the cafes and in every part of our mm-hmm. business. And so, you know, there's been times where our someone on the team will make a poster or something to put on the walls to announce an event and they make a poster and it's a great pr- poster and they took their time to do it and they did it well, but it's not in line with our brand. And so Riley has to come in and be like, Hey, we're not going to use that poster. And that's like, that's tough. And it's, and it's really a product of like us not having the right systems in place to explain to them the flow of how posters are made. So then that kind of fixes it. But like, it's the balance between empowering people to make decisions and be creative and just do what they do. And then also like having a cohesive brand identity. And that makes sense with what you said about like, if you open another place, it probably wouldn't be a sidetrack. Maybe it would be, but uh, sidetracks its own thing. So like, it's almost like you're not building your business around scalability at all. Yeah. You're building your business around just like, this is who I am. Like, and I'm doing an awesome job, but like, and this is who we are, like you and your team and your community. Yeah. Uh, but bottling that up and scaling it, it feels weird, you know? Yeah. How'd you come to that? Like you couldn't do another sidetrack? Uh, kind of just what we're talking about here. Like um, in what he said, it's like the things that make this place what it is are like the almost the aspects of like what not just you, but like your team and the people who come in here have made it. Um, I think if it, 
if Ross and I weren't in the picture and Ethan had his own cafe, it would be like very similar vibe. Um, I dabbed, but for like we listening. we kind of like make a living off of like ruining Ethan's dreams so. <laughs> and like having no success. We we've had debates in the past, like in in owners meetings, where you have literally said like I just like what my default is is I just want this to be like sidetrack. Yeah, like I meaning didn't say that. To <laughs> Meaning, not that he wants this exact vibe and this same. We're getting a skylight. All right. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care how much it costs. More of like, I want it to just be more organic, and the place is a product of the environment and the people in it. And were we more think of of our, we would think more naturally as like, what systems are we going to have to execute on this consistently? And and a big part of that is because we're three guys in business together. Yes. Like we yeah. have to, the company overall has to bring in more money for yeah. us to sustain it uh, and sustain ourselves. So uh, I think if nothing else, we just naturally fell into that spot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we could open a different, you know, every open another cafe and it's under a different name and a different concept. Aqua Cat. Aqua Cat, yeah. Feels a little more one off, but. There's some questions you sent me via text. You had sent about the little moments. Yeah. Um, golly, I can, I, I love that. I love the smallest little details. And I think about this often. I want to get smaller, like more granular, um, which like what I, I, if we're similar by any means, you're thinking it needs to be more like sidetrack in our, like, and my thoughts and me trying to flesh out, like, um, like thinking about a family, having a family, I know I couldn't have a family and do this. Um, so I'm thinking more valor, you know, like, man, this place needs to be more like valor. We need systems. We need, I think that way, like I'm, while you're thinking, uh, more sidetrack. I'm thinking more valor. I do believe there's, I do believe there's a dead center, a dead center to it. And, um, I believe it's possible. Um, like really, really, really possible. Um, and that's healthy and that's inspiring and creative and has those small little tiny details that are unique just to that space, just to that person. Cause there are these, there are these little things in the people, your head coaches that will, if as long as they're there, will start to like kind of disperse throughout the cafe. And when you give them, when we let go of control and let people make decisions like the cups and the, and the cups and the glassware and like why they pick that, that chair and things like that, which is, I'm super like, I don't like people touching my um, design decisions or like having to do anything because I'm like, no, 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 no. Like that's not cool. You know, like, (laughs) you know, like the, the strategy or the criteria is, oh no, that's not cool. Why is it not cool? Well, I don't think it's cool. Right. I say that because if you were to pair, if David five years ago was to pick the chairs and stuff and the glassware here was here today, I'd be like, no, 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 no. That's not the vision, dude. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) to myself. I would, because I've grown, grown, changed, evolved. Like that happens. Like we've seen that in businesses. We've seen that in whether it's chains or uh, other spots. Like 
people have to do a renovation, an overhaul, a rebrand, mm-hmm. a, they're just like, like eventually things just become not cool anymore. And well, we have to evolve. And so I, that's a lot of my brain. You know, I think a lot about me in the past and how I've changed and grown and evolved. I think here for the shop and looking forward to others, like, have you ever been to places before to where you're like, I hope they never change. They've, they've never changed for like 40 years, you know, that real place. I think, you know, you go into a place like this place is real, you know, and it's normally the place that's been around for 40 years. They'll never change. They'll never stop serving the same, you know, miso soup ever. And it's going to be good. And it's going to be here for a hundred years. Like, what is it about that place mm. that they don't have to change their chairs? They don't have to rebrand. They probably don't have to brand at all kind of thing. Like that is really the, like what I'm like thinking about often. I'm like, when will I be content and satisfied with what we have here? You know, mm. and what's the secret? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Golly, I, I, I cannot wait to be fully out of that. The whole, like, what's the secret? When am I just going to be smooth? I'm like, I think about that. And that might be a non-answer or or not much of a, like, encouragement to anybody. But, um, yeah, I I looked back to myself and five years ago and go, man, dude, I'm glad he's not running this thing now, which is really encouraging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's funny that you're saying you've been fighting for the secret because I think so many people look at Sidetrack, and I know I do, and be like, man, they got it. And then you're over here like, I don't, I don't know what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you're, this place, it, I think it just has a specific like confidence to it. You know, I don't know. You walk in, I, I had a question of the people that work here now. Yeah. Has everyone been coming to the cafe before they worked here? Yes. Is that important to you? So important, like super, super important. However, there was Chase Druin. We just hired him. He worked his first week last week. Um, he had heard about Sidetrack. Um, everyone has a, their own wild story that's worked here. Um, I love him. I love the stories. Chase Druin, um, he uh, heard about Sidetrack, messaged me. We had mutual friends and we talked. We had many, many conversations um, as friends. And he felt like he wanted, he really, he heard about this place and like, that's a classroom I want to learn in. Like, I want to go to that place and I want to go to Sidetrack and learn from, from what's happening there. Cause I've heard these reverberations of it. And so we talked for a while. He came in, um, just to Sidetrack and, uh, just once. Mm-hmm. And, um, through our conversations, I like knew, I was like, wait a minute, this guy is, this is, this is the guy. Oh my gosh. And y'all probably had that, those um, uh, those instances with, with y'all's own hires. Um, but Hannah, she came here one time, she was, uh, working in Michigan and she asked to work here for like two years. Like was like, Hey, can I please work here? Can I please work here? Like via Instagram. And I was like, no, we're like kind of slammed. You know, we're full on staff. There's three of us here. Uh, (laughs) And uh, she asked to work here for two years. Austin asked to work here for two years. Um, he started coming at the beginning, um, but came in every single day. They just showed up. They said yes. And like, they never stopped. Brielle has to work here for like a year. She's like, can I please work here? And I'm like, no, we're full right now. There's four of us. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, the I would say the one thing that I really look for is, are these people serious? Whoa. Are they serious mm-hmm. about working here? Are they serious? And uh, they just keep coming. They keep showing up. And they're like, if I can't work here, I'll just sit on the bar. And eventually it's just like, we talk about it like, hey, we're looking for someone to hire. Who should it be? You know, and we, we tell everybody like, who should we hire? And uh, like uh, Jonathan and Reagan were a great example. That's why it's called Sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, called Sidetrack for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh man, that's great. Yeah, the, all the hires are all one-offs. There's no like, never been like a, a formula other than this person's serious and I know that they're serious. Have you ever posted on Instagram that you're hiring? No. <laughs> no way, dude. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, because what you get with that is people who have never come to your cafe who may be awesome people. Yes. Who may be great hires. Like we've hired people who have maybe they live out of state and they might are moving here or they've been to our cafe once or twice. Yeah. You know, but um, they, uh, we do get a lot of people that just, they just email and they're like, hey, how much do you guys pay? You know, like, and that's their first email. And we, we are just like, we are automatically know they're not a good fit for the job. Um, <laughs> so if you're applying somewhere, that shouldn't yeah. be your first question. A little advice for everyone out there. Um, but th- that has become increasingly more and more important to us yeah. in our decisions with candidates is like, what do you know of valor? Like, what's your perception of valor? Yeah. yeah. And if somebody's like, oh, I love this place. Like I've been coming here, you know, for the last three years and I know, I know Joey and I know Gavin and I know Lilby and, and all these things like that's not everything to us, but that's like, it's a good bit as far yeah, as like yeah. what, deciding whether or not to hire them. That's really huge. They've bought in before they're already there. They're already part of the community. That's like really the most important thing to me. I'm like, are you willing to be able to be uh, in community with people mm. and here? Cause over time, that's kind of what this is. Um, um, community, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Well, dude, our uh, producer is giving us the light. I think we've got to uh, get, up the, get up the road to... Where are we living? Where, where, where are we Georgia. Going? Georgia. Georgia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're in Alabama right now. Yeah, uh, But same time next week? <laughs> yeah. Um, gotta get, I got to get your dad on the program. <laughs> Yeah, almost did. We actually missed an opportunity, a good opportunity. I've never I think met about your it. dad, man. That would have been awesome. You can come now. Come in now. <laughs> He's been standing there the whole time. <laughs> he is the producer. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Did your dad put on the map the the head shaking move that you're pretty famous for? I don't think so. I think my mom did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What the head shake move? Like you look at someone, you're like, I don't know how. I don't know where that came you from. You do that, bro. You Are you serious? serious? I've yeah, never yeah. noticed it. Have you noticed in the, I think it's a wedding thing. What? A wedding move. You know? No. What does he mean? <laughs> There's going to be a lot of help to people out there. Yeah. That's why we're here. You know when you're at a wedding and you know, you know everyone there, but like you're on a mission and you could talk to the next 20 people that you walk by. Yeah. And so you need certain moves and gestures that will do enough for that person to like connect, but not 
in zero seconds. Jaw. Yes. Yeah. So like doing a little shake or a little like that or. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, yeah. anything, any little move. And it's a cafe, huge. That's when, a cafe. Yeah. It's a cafe thing. Whenever mm. it's, it's, there's a lot going on, people interacting, it's really social to have those little like, like keep moving so you can keep on doing your thing. You can keep on bringing the team ice, but you still want to connect with people, have little, have little things like I'm here. I see you kind of thing. The That's head good shake stuff, man. It's powerful. That's good stuff. I can't wait for that uh, master class to come out. That's going to be the next episode is nonverbal uh, gestures to ensure love for everyone. Yes. By David Bazilia. Thank you, Thanks David. Thanks for having us out, dude. Thanks, David. Thank you for lunch, mostly. Yeah, free meal. We love you. That was add to the beach thing.